the 919 Vice podcast. Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, Wayne Holt. And, you know, we have t-shirts now for this Ovius and Gilio extravaganza. It throws me off when you say we. Why? During our, our meetings. And you look at me and you're like, we. Yeah. Because, you know, I help you with some of those things. Yeah, and at, but, some, at some point. But I gonna... always think you mean, wait, we? As in the Vice podcast. No, this is The me. redheaded stepchild of the Ovius Gilio podcast no, dynasty. <laughs> no. When I say we, what I'm trying to do is gaslight you into being <laughs> deputized as the sales manager. <laughs> So that's why I say oh, he already we. was. I already am. I'm used, to, wears, I'm used to selling stuff I don't get paid for. That dude wears more hats than anybody I know. Right. So I'm just, what, what's another hat for Adam, right? Yeah. Really? I want to, I want to, what dep- else can I, I what else can I barely, him. barely tread water with? I want to deputize him and uh, he can be our sales yeah. guy. And cause that's, that's the next, that's the next part of this, uh, this, this whole thing is getting an actual salesperson. And that can be you, man. Yeah. Take a little percentage. What do you think? What? Percent of zero is affordable <laughs> to live. What's a living wage on I mean, a percentage look, of look, zero? Look, Adam, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if, if I literally just sold sponsorships for two podcasts before we started this, but I literally just did that with you two, who's to say you can't? I'm not even a salesperson. I have contributed to several, several uh, leads for you. I know that. But now you got to get the contract and you get the percentage. Ugh. What do you get for sales? What do you get for commission? Oh, because I don't know. Again, this is a whole entire world of not, zero. <laughs> this is a whole. This is a whole world I'm not familiar with, and I'm learning. Fifty cent on, on the, the dollar, man. Yeah, what are we talking about? Twenty five percent, thirty percent. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down so, to make something. Adam is so uncomfortable right now. No, I'm. I'm happy to. You know, I'm always happy to help. I'm happy. Always happy to. Well, you've helped figure me figure out how to make a buck. Well, what I was getting at with the whole help part is that you've helped me on some T-shirts. I have. Now we got to get 919 Vice t-shirts. So with the t-shirts that we f- put out, people have very much said, hey, cool, but where are the 919 Vice t-shirts? Yeah, well, Same place know. the graffiti t-shirts are, man. They're still in that brain. Haven't done those yet? Nah, we hadn't done those yet. Um, I think we're just going to roll straight into fall with a hoodie or something. Yeah, no, nah, hoodie, hoodie would be the move. I mean, yeah, white. I How about a white hoodie that says 919 Vice on it? I like the sound of that. Maybe it's a 919 Vice, you know, graffiti crossover. Stay away from anything with white hoods. How about that? Ooh. You know, when you put it like that, good call. It's not a good, the optics aren't good. But you know what? We do have. You have the big hats. We do have big hats. We got some big lids. We got some noggins, man. Noggin boss. Noggin boss. That thing fits you perfectly, Wayne. I know, right? (laughs) Every hat fits you. And then we had our. It really does. We had our boys soap. Throw some graffiti on it for yeah, us. Yeah, I like it. I, I mean, like it. yeah, he airbrushed them. They're pretty How awesome. How talented is this guy? Hold it up for the camera. Yeah, yes, it looks like you yeah, it make it whatever like you want. <laughs> have, have, How talented is this guy? He freehanded that graffiti logo. And if you look at our actual logo yeah. that Carlos drew, yeah. freehanded and did, yeah. Soap nailed that thing. I love it, man. Yeah, I love good. it. If you couldn't yeah, see some, it on your t-shirts. If you couldn't see it on your phone, you're going to need to come into graffiti. Yeah, just going to have to. That was the whole idea. Yeah. And then, and then you take selfies with it. That's what you do. Just squint your eyes. Speaking of sponsors, shout out to Oak City Sports Cards, downtown Raleigh. Um, one of the, maybe this hat will become valuable in 20 years. It's a relic from a time. Uh, but you might be sitting on some uh, sports cards. They might smell like old cigarettes, mm. which means they probably aren't worth anything. But you might have some pristine cards, but you don't know what they're worth. You can get them graded. 
So check out Weston over at Oak City Sports Cards uh, for all of your memorabilia needs. So joining us on the podcast today is Che Ramos. And we're away from we're, we're getting away from beer today. We're getting away from smokables and all that fun stuff. We're we're, we're back. Speak, to, speak for yourself. I'm going to do some all of it. Back today. to cocktails. <laughs> and Che, all right. First off, uh, while we were starting, you were wrapping up these cocktails, um, and they they look gorgeous. They're very like the colors are popping on these things. I wish we were on YouTube right now making this thing happen. But let's actually talk about what you're doing when you started. Bourbon and, and, and how you got started with that. And how so, you got your name. And Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> well that's a lot. How about this? You were known as the black bourbon guy. Yeah, yeah tell us how you got your name. Okay, I was going to say how I got my name was from my parents, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the black bourbon guy name, uh, it's a business I started about three years ago. I uh, started after a career of 20 years in the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. uh, and there's not a lot of people who look like me who are centered in that industry, right? So, True. After 20 years, I wanted to get out and kind of do my part to draw more people in, to provide more representation and uh, just bring more uh, light to people like myself who are doing good work in the industry, right? So started this as a primarily event-based business, doing whiskey, educational tastings with groups, businesses, that sort of thing, also doing cocktail classes. And then about uh, two years into doing that as a side gig while I was still GM of a restaurant in Raleigh. I decided to get out. Uh, my partner got her PhD, which makes me a somewhat kept man. Not really at all, but you know. I like it. it. Uh, so Joe, I know that I know that life with a Joe with and a I have uh, attorneys in our lives. Yeah. So. so I know that life very well. There you go. My wife just yells at me <laughs> a lot. Keeps you. You're kept. You're kept in line. I am kept in line. <laughs> that is a we good way all, to. It's just all about perspective, really. <laughs> good point. Good point. We all need it, right? Right. Uh, so jumped into doing this full time a little over two years ago now, uh, and it's been pretty good. Uh, the community has been great, right? The Triangle is a great community of local entrepreneurs, right? Happy for this experience. So happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, and about six months ago, started doing a line of cocktail syrups, which is have gone into the drinks that we're having here today. Okay. So we got two different beverages, one bourbon based naturally. And the other rum based, right? On the left, the bright orange, you got a little bit of bourbon in there. It's a riff on a last word, which is one of my favorite cocktails. So okay. a little okay. bit of bourbon, some lemon juice, some Amaro Nonino, which is an Italian Amaro, uh, herbaceous, a little bit of floral, mm-hmm. and then some Aperol, also another Italian liqueur, and uh, my orange spice syrup. And then on the right, we got a riff on a classic Puerto Rican daiquiri. Uh, Ramos being my last name, I'm Mm -hmm. Puerto Rican on my grandfather's side. So one of my favorite activities is sitting in my backyard and chugging daiquiris by the uh, pitcher. By the gallon. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, you get a handle of Don Q and you go to town. But these aren't frozen. No, 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 yeah. I thought all daiquiris no, were frozen. No, no. I, I'm no. not anti-frozen daiquiri. <laughs> those, are, those are for the tourists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Adam, so, how, so if we mix these, is it a Miami Vice? <laughs> <laughs> no, I need the pina colada for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I need. I think a lot of people don't realize that daiquiris aren't, aren't like original daiquiris weren't frozen, right? I mean, it's true. When I mm-hmm. grew up, I thought that daiquiris were strawberry frozen things. And you got them on Fat it. Tuesdays in South Beach. Uh, 100%, right? You know, I felt like that was a Bartles and James flavor at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your support. So how did you, before we, we get into the drinks, you know, with the name, you know, Black Bourbon, how did you get into bourbon in the first place? I have gone down the rabbit hole, so to speak, on... I mean, 
It happens to all of us. I'm just curious how that finally happened. Yeah. It started with wine, okay. strangely. Uh, it's my first love, right? But it everything starts as a beer or a wine in the world of distillation, right? So I started to learn more about wine than about beer. Uh, and then when you're in the restaurant industry for as long as I was, you get to try a lot of stuff for free 99, which mm-hmm. is the best price for trying things. And uh, so one day somebody handed me a pour of Macallan 12 year and I was like, oh man, mm. this is... This is something, you know, let me explore this world. Starting with scotch. Uh, Yeah. Wow. It's weird. Uh, Unfortunately, I got priced out of scotch really quickly. (laughs) Doors 12, $29.95 a bottle. There you go. It's just about finding the right one you can go with. We've had this conversation with bourbon. Wayne, I know I've mentioned this to you, but like the Michter's rye is like, that's that's just a nice affordable one that I can just get. You know, like I don't have to worry about trying to find it. I'm not chasing it. It's just there. It's a go-to. You Scotch is probably the same. I'm not a Scotch guy, but I'm sure it's the same way with Scotch. Well, the Doers 12 was in the Whiskey Advocate Top 20 for uh, 2022, but didn't release it till December. So it's the only list we have from them at this point. But uh, it was in the Top 20. Okay. And I wasn't a Scotch guy until I was in uh, somewhere north of Cancun in January. I don't even remember where it was, but I'd seen the list, and they didn't have any bourbon I wanted. That's where it was, yes. Um, so I got the Doers 12 and fell in love with it. Mm. So I've got it at home. In fact, I just ordered two bottles this morning for here at Graffiti because we don't have it, and we should. 100%. I like their tape. Scotch. (laughs) 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 And there he is, dad jokes. (laughs) Yeah, we can get that out later. Go ahead, You were saying record scratch on Adam's (laughs) joke. There you go. No, I mean, a lot of what I'm into in the bourbon world is helping people figure out that there's a lot of those affordable things out there, right? Um, Unfortunately, I think largely due to importing there's less of it in the scotch world like i love monkey shoulder which is very affordable a bottle of that at my house there you go there you go but i also love you know lafroig 15 year which is a little bit less affordable than monkey shoulder so uh, the variety of msrp tends to vary a lot more wildly than it does in the bourbon world uh the problem with the bourbon world naturally is that you can't get most of that stuff in msrp anymore so yeah, yeah and <laughs> can we talk secondary market please well <laughs> but Price is not necessarily a reflection of quality uh, or what your palate will enjoy. No. And I think going back to the Whiskey Advocate list, uh, top 20, uh, their number one spirit last year was Jack Daniels Bottled and Bond. 100%. And it's a thirty six ninety five bottle here in Wake County. And we've blind tasted it against a 15-year Calumet farm, and everybody chose the Jack Daniels. Yes. And we've blind, I've blind but tasted other also, people. Also, we poured it in Coke, so I mean... No, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> but, but then you have to consider what's about to happen to that bottle once it gets listed on that list, right? Because once upon a time, Henry McKenna, 10-year single barrel, was of a similar ilk. It was a 10-year single barrel that was available for thirty four ninety five. One of my favorites. And then all of a sudden, it won a double gold in yep. San Francisco. It disappears, comes back at 55, and now you can't find it it's allocated uh, you What's can the price now you can find it at graffiti because we've got a stash of it <laughs> i mean yeah i got it at the crib but <laughs> yeah. you know uh, uh it's funny because being in the bourbon uh the way that i used to be and i've, I've gotten back into it a little bit um recently since we've opened graffiti i've started rebuilding my collection at home because i lost my last collection in the fire Ooh, called a divorce i'm sorry um, <laughs> um but still choking up those ashes. I know, right? Still choking on those ashes. But I do work really hard to bring in great spirits here. And when I started seeing that McKenna 10, 
on the list, I just kept buying and I kept buying and I kept buying and I kept buying. And we've got a great stash here. Uh, in fact, we're going to start doing some specials with it going into the fall. Um, but you're right. That bonded's probably going to do the same thing. And, you know, same thing with the Jack Daniels triple mash bonded. If you've seen, if you've tried that, it's amazing as well. Excellent. Uh, yeah. and, and again, 37, 36.95 a, a bottle, 37.95, whichever. Um, very, very approachable for something that's amazing. I want to get back into a little more in-depth bourbon whiskey talk in a minute but let's drink i i, I want to go over these, <laughs> I these drinks and i want to go over your syrups because uh we met friend of the program sometimes substitute teacher mike maniscalco <laughs> connected us a couple weeks ago and um we're, we're working with a couple of your syrups right now to to make some cocktails at least make a cocktail for our upcoming fall menu we we really want to do that so you use your orange spice and you use your sorrel for these so how do you go about how did you go about the formulation and let's talk about the versatility of them as well so i'll start with the orange spice uh it was something that i'd come across to some extent professionally uh and wanted to experiment with making myself so the base to it is a fresh squeezed orange juice Mm -hmm. which is a pain in the behind but it's worth it at the end of the day when it comes out to making the syrup combination of baking spices uh you bring that to a boil with some water and sugar take it all the way up let it steep for a little bit uh and then strain it off with some cheesecloth uh and it comes out almost like super thanksgiving like on the nose that's exactly what i said remember a couple weeks ago i was like this smells like thanksgiving 100 percent. but it's versatile right thanksgiving desserts yeah, yeah 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 but like this is a cocktail that could either be a spring or a fall cocktail, depending on how you look at it, right? Sure. Like, it's got enough zip and brightness that it doesn't necessarily need to be consumed with turkey or something big like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could easily throw this on a spring menu and have this outside when it's nice and hot. So, uh, I mean, this is it with bourbon, right? But it also makes a great spiced orange old-fashioned if you just want to sit and have a more spirit-forward cocktail. Uh, works well with... I mean, just a little bit of Prosecco in there is beautiful and kind of a mimosa-style drink. So, What bourbon did you mix this with? Uh, so this is the, the Virgin 101. Oh, the Virgin, right. That's what I thought. Yeah. So Which is a great, it's a great pour. These things, your syrups are very potent as far as they're, you don't need a whole, a, whole, a little bit goes a long way. So for a, for a single cocktail, what are you, because you sell your syrups, this is what I want to talk about. How much do you recommend for for making just a, a standard old-fashioned like cocktail quarter ounce syrup. just oh, a quarter ounce just a quarter ounce so i used a quarter ounce of the syrup in each of well the daiquiri has a little bit more we'll talk about that in a second okay. but for the orange spice and the bourbon cocktail it's only a quarter ounce in each yeah a little goes a long way and what what size are your uh eight ounce bottles they're eight ounce so bottles. you're talking 32 ounces unless you get i mean so 32, 32 pours 32 cocktails Unless you get bottle. too spilly. And if you need to go sweeter, that's, you know, to your taste. Or if you need to go a little bit less sweet, that's to your prerogative as well. But that's my recommendation. Yeah. I think uh, we mixed up an old-fashioned in here on Monday just to mess with it and and kind of compare it to our household fashion that we do. And I think Justin did a half ounce. We're like, whoa, that's too much. <laughs> I'll, be the, I'll be the judge of that. It was, it's delicious, but... a. A little bit goes a long way with these syrups. They are, they are loaded with flavor. Well, part of what I like about them is it, it, it depends on your crowd, right? Um, because, like, my father and I are two different drinkers. And as a 
bar owner, you guys know that like cocktail list tastes are going to vary per person, right? Mm-hmm. Like what I think is a great cocktail is not what everybody else will think mm-hmm. is a great cocktail. Sure, so right. I can't That's build, accurate. I cannot build a cocktail list to my own taste yep. because everybody will come in and be like, what is all this frou-frou stuff that you have on here? Right. So like you have to build to a number of different people. Uh, and like, Right now, I have my father at my house, which is great, right? Because he's a very different drinker than I am. So if I want to get more of a broad opinion on whether a cocktail is going to split the difference in a large group of people, if it makes me happy and him happy, I know I'm winning. But if he, like, squinches up his face, (laughs) probably not going to put that on a menu anywhere. So personally, how do you and your father differ in your your tastes? I'm a sit at home and drink wild turkey 101 neat kind of guy okay. and he's uh he he likes his things a little sweeter right so okay. he's more of a uh uh what's his favorite drink like a long island iced tea that that's his speed well that's not that much sweeter if you make it the right way <laughs> i'm gonna yeah, hang out with you your I dad mean, can hang out with joe done. or something no no thank you no i'll, yeah, I'll take but, it you this know. doesn't taste like tea um <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm curious because that is that is good. You know, we've got two different tastes behind our bar for those the the two folks that create our menu, and it's the same thing. If if they both enjoy it, you know, you're on to something that that's going to appeal to a broader audience. And it's funny because I've never been a cocktail guy. I've always been a bourbon neat or with a rock uh, type guy. And since opening this up in December of last year. Uh, I feel like I need to try all the cocktails on the menu, and there's always one that I just gravitate to, uh, and and I and I drink so much of it that I, you know I can I can tell I'm drinking a lot of a, a lot of additives because I still drink beer too, and uh, <laughs> I'm not you know if you drink bourbon neat you know it's not a lot of calories in that no right so you mentioned wild turkey 101 is that your go to for cocktail making. For you said yeah. just drinking it neat. That's uh, drinking it neat. I mean, it, it's my go-to for cocktail making, and okay. I, also, I also keep it in a crystal decanter at the house because yeah. you know why not fancy it up a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I, most of the stuff that I drink neat probably would be Old Forester. I mean, I drink yeah. a ton of Old Forester, the Whiskey Row series, nineteen ten, nineteen twenty. Okay. I mean, it's it's a good bang for your buck, right? You can Can't always go wrong with any of that, right? You find it all the time in yep. the ABC stores, so I ain't mad at it. But unlike the birthday bourbon. Oh, God. Which you never say. No, no, no. I've been real fortunate, though. I've had, up until the 22, I've been able to try the last five verticals of that. So, But I paid for it. I paid good money. Yeah, I, I had a couple of bottles of that that got going in the fire as well, but uh, I digress. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> just bringing we'll, up we'll, bad memories we'll, for Wayne. We'll get back to him. Enough fire chat. Uh, fireside chats here. Um, let's go into the next one. So, when, when you came in, you're like, what do you think I should make? And I was like, well, why don't we make one bourbon, one rum? And you're like, I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, I mean, theoretically, you could have done either of these cocktails with either of them. But you decided on the rum. This is, this is your sorrel syrup. What is that for people who might have zero idea? Sure. Like me, I know Jamaica, uh, Taste of Jamaica up the street has a sorrel um, like juice punch that they have ready to go at all times never tasted it looks interesting what is it so uh the base of sorrel is a drink it's finds its base in the west indies right and uh the key ingredient to it is dried hibiscus flour uh 
hibiscus drinks have a long history in both African and African-American history, whether you're talking West Africa, East Africa, traveled all the way over to Jamaica. My grandmother was from Antigua. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the sorrel itself Prettiest is called, place on earth I've oh, ever been. It's amazing. Hmm. Uh, so I call the syrup Sills sorrel. It's named after my grandmother. Oh, okay. uh, nice. She's the I mean, main person that inspired me to have a huge interest in just food as a thing. Uh, she was one of the best cooks in my family. And whenever I used to spend my fl- uh, summers in Florida, I would just kind of hang out in the kitchen and try and figure stuff out. Uh, so it's my homage to her. Uh, but the base to it is dried hibiscus. Like I said, it's got some fresh ginger in there. Uh, and then a different combination of baking spices and you get with the orange spice syrup. So you get some cloves, some allspice, a little bit of cinnamon, uh, and then bring that up to a boil. And you actually let it have to let it cold steep for three days uh, with some water and some sugar. After that, you strain it off and you end up with this beautiful, bright floral, yet pretty acidic at the same time. So it's not overly sweet. Uh, well, hibiscus has some acidity to it. I mean, it's, it's pretty tart. 100%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have to add enough sugar to balance it, but not enough to overwhelm it. Also, the ginger in there brings a nice, strong kind of backbone to it. So you don't have to use much of it, but... It is a perfect rum pairing, right? Because, I mean, just about anything from the Caribbean, right, is going to pair well with rum. That's, if it grows together, it goes together. So I love using this syrup with rum, but, again, works really well with bourbon cocktails. Uh, I like making, like, bourbon egg white cocktails with this. Uh, really? Or, yeah. Are you an egg white or fee foam or, uh, like, for a for an active bar, what do you recommend? Uh I recommend egg white, but have aquafaba or an alternative on on hand for people, right? Don't make it harder than it needs to be because we got to acknowledge that there are allergies out there and we have to be sensitive to people. So if you're going to be a high-end cocktail bar, have an active solution for producing vegan options. I mean, there's nothing better than a really well-made eggnog, egg white cocktail. Not at all. Thumbs up. It's, they're, they're, I just wish you wouldn't tell me there's egg white in there. They're, they're so good, but the allergies are a real thing. And cleanliness, honestly. I mean, yeah. separating the whites, and it, it, it's, it's a process. It is a process. Uh, but, like, one of my favorite drinks to make with the sorrel syrup is, do you know Ramos Gin Fizz at all? I do not. So it's a classic egg white heavy cream. It's a flip cocktail, but with gin, right? So you add your lemon juice, gin, uh a little bit of orange flower water, heavy cream, and egg white. Give it a and some simple syrup. Give it a dry shake. Add your ice. Shake the you know what out of it. Yeah. Strain it over fresh ice into a Collins glass, and then you rinse the inside of the shaker with soda, so you get the rest of that frothy goodness out. And mm. it's a classic gin fizz that a lot of you know higher end places do. It's a pain in the behind to make, but yeah, that's like, a that's a. That's not you don't you're not getting that at a speed cocktail bar. No. <laughs> no. No. And if you order that, tip your bartender very <laughs> I was well. Say, you're not getting that for a twelve dollar cocktail either, much like yeah. that. No, no. <laughs> but like but I, it's that's that whole experience that, that is created by sure. by the the bartender and and your actual drink. All those ingredients and love go into that. You're shaking it twice. 
bartending is a show, right? When I used to manage people at the end of the day, uh, if you're behind a bar, you're on stage. So yeah, like, yeah. if you put a bunch of liquor bottles behind you, whether or not you think you're good looking, somebody thinks you're good looking because you're closer to those liquor yeah. bottles than they are, right? So you better act like Or they've you. had a lot of those, what's in those bottles? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like understand that people are looking at you and like put on a show, right? So when I teach cocktail classes, I tell people like you could literally sit here and do a boring shake and achieve the same quality cocktail as... Tom Cruise flipping things around and yada, yada, yada. Like, you don't need to do all that cocktail stuff, right? But why do we put on a show behind a bar? Because that's, get paid. that's what people came to see. Yeah, they yeah. want to see that. It's part of the art. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. okay. All right. Um, so what rum did you... You, you just used... Um, Don Q. Don Q. Yeah. So nothing crazy, nothing fancy about this. No. What do you, what do you usually like to use in your cocktails? Um, no matter... I mean... Do you like to keep it simple? Do you like going with white rum? Do you like going with just a, a like a 101 bourbon? Is there anything, are there any times when you want to step it up to maybe some special aged rum or, you know, a Reposado tequila as opposed to a Blanco? When, when do you find that necessary? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think it all depends on the final. Hold on, let me get my notebook. I want to write this <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> uh, so what am I... Uh, great friends in this industry and uh, a mentor to myself and a lot of people is Shannon Healy over at Alley 26 and okay. one of his favorite sayings is if you put it in a cocktail people should taste it right so it all depends on the final destination of what you want your cocktail to be uh, in something like a classic daiquiri I kind of want to let the combination of ingredients shine, right? Mm -hmm. So you could do this with an aged rum and it would taste a little bit different, but I think with the punchiness of the ginger and the hibiscus, uh, yeah, there's I, a lot going on. There's a lot going on as is, and I don't really think you need to add too much extra to it, right? Yeah. But there are other daiquiri recipes out you there. say final destination. I think some people just use it as a vehicle for rum. Yes. It's really what it is. Now, if you want to have all those combinations work together to see why it works, then that was fantastic. Something tells me that if I'm hanging out at the pool and it's a all-inclusive resort, this is not what I'm going to be drinking. I want that frozen daiquiri that's a vehicle for rum. But this, yeah, man, that was excellent. Speaking of final destination and vehicles, I got behind a logging truck the other day. <laughs> and you're here. Do you feel like you were off? Or are you? I made it. Or are you? I don't know if I'm getting home, but I made it here. The simulation. Yeah. It could be in there. You yes, don't know. I am the glitch in the matrix. Yes. Anyway, um, so... As, as you're saying, when, when is an occasion that you want to elevate that that mm -hmm. spirit to, to something more? Like, what is a cocktail? Right now, you can come up with and you'd be like, I use this for this cocktail. Uh, every now and again, when I'm feeling flush, uh, there is a rye from High West Distillery out of Park City, Utah called Camp... I'm sorry, their Campfire Rye. Uh, it's a blend of a little bit of scotch and some finished rice in there. That makes uh, sense. So it's Can't delightfully fire. smoky. Uh, and every now and again, I like to make an old fashioned with it. Right. Uh, and like, yeah, it's a $70, $75 bottle of rye. Right. So I'm, this is not something I'm making on a Wednesday night, but if I want something that has a little touch of smoke, mm -hmm. if I'm doing a pre-prohibition style old fashioned, uh, so I'm not adding too much sweet, right. Adding mm -hmm. a little bit of Demerara syrup to it already have that smoky texture so I don't have to sit there and, you know, pull out the old smoker mm -hmm. and the butane torch and all that good stuff. 
uh, add the right bitters to it, maybe a little bit of black walnut or uh, some crude fig and orange bitters out of Raleigh. Uh, and it's one of my favorites if I really want to step up, right? But again, I'm not always in that mood to make sure. a $20 old-fashioned. So uh, for every other night, there's Wild Turkey 101, which Keep does it simple. the job. Keep yeah. it simple. Yeah. Well, and, and like like you said, if it goes into a cocktail, you, sh- you should taste it. Or at least it, it contributes to the overall um, flavors that are in it, right? Let's talk about the economics of that. You said, you know, <clears throat> typical on a Wednesday night in a $20 cocktail. Um, I mean, you've, you've been in the triangle how long in this, in this industry? 20 plus years? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm assuming, I, I saw your, um, I read your, your background and I can't recall where you were, but I noticed there were some high-end places there. Um, I mean, what do you think the market is for $20 cocktails in the triangle on a Wednesday night? Um, in general? I think it depends on where you are, but I think we're very rapidly morphing and have, in a lot of ways, already become a place where $20 cocktails are That's my thought. I mean, you know, know, there's a franchise that's in our area that has quite a few stores, and they're one, you know, not too far from here, and almost everything on their menu is 17, 18, and up. Um, Now, a grand, more often than not, you're going to get a show, and you're going to get a great cocktail. Um, But... Yeah, I'm starting to see that. You know, we try to keep our our pours, whether it's uh, our mixed drinks, our stuff on our menu, uh, our our bourbon. We try to keep it at affordable pricing. Meaning, we want to be. There are places where you might spend twenty, and you might spend sixteen for it here, or or, or less. Um, but we've had these conversations internally when. Jeffrey, who was our one of our founding partners, who set up the bar program here, and, and Adam and I, we've had these conversations. You know, do we do we push pricing up? We're in downtown Cary right now. There's a lot happening down here uh, at Graffiti, and uh, or just in downtown Cary, but pushing the prices at Graffiti. Do we take them up? Or you know, we've been very successful with where we're at. But um, I mean, I know when I get out of out of downtown Cary or other places in downtown Cary, you know, you're pushing that eighteen to twenty dollars. Oh, I mean, if people are willing to pay. 18 bucks for a grocery store Chardonnay. It, right. Yeah. I mean. Come on. <laughs> In a box. <laughs> I just, I feel like there's always, Goodness. no matter what it is, if it's a beer, if it's a cocktail, if it's a certain spirit, there's a, there's always everybody, everybody's got a threshold or a limit, right? Everybody's got a ceiling that it doesn't matter how good it is. It can never live up to what you've paid for it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to buy and, you know, a $250 pour of, of bourbon. My dad There's people would. who will. So, yeah. There's people who will. So, my yeah, dad, let's, my dad go, gets let's, that let's go there for, for a Martin. minute because um, we took a stab at a bottle that, that popped up on Wake ABC a couple of weeks ago. In fact, it was there. I put it in my, in my cart and I cashed out and it showed that I had it and then I didn't get it. I know why I didn't get it. I mean, I, I, know, how, I know how the system works. I've asked <laughs> enough people and I know how the system works. I know why I didn't get it. But that pour was going to be $400 for a single pour of bourbon. Um, and I know there are people that'll pay that. We don't need to sell many of those to pay for it, right? You know, if it's a $2,000 bottle and it's 400 a pour, I need to sell five pours and it's paid for. And the rest of it can, can sit there and just be pretty. Um, and I've got one customer that comes in here and I ask him about it that week. He happened to be in here and I said, hey, if I'd have got that bottle, would you have bought it? He goes, absolutely. And I'd have probably had more than one. So what's your experience with that kind of pricing? So that actually brings up one of my favorite bar stories almost literally ever 
kid you not, not being hyperbolic here. <laughs> I know it's set it up on a pedestal right now, but so we had a really similar bottle from Buffalo Trace, uh, OFC. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Uh, at a restaurant that I worked at, it's a 25 year release. Okay, comes in this like ridiculous crystal bottle. I've seen it. Never had it, but seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's another two thousand dollar yep. bottle, right? So we were selling it for about three fifty a pour. Uh, one night, two dudes come up to the bar. They sit down. They look at one of my bartenders. They say, "Hey, we want a pour of the most expensive two pours, the most expensive bourbon you have here. We're pouring it for three fifty a pour." Bartender tells them, well, it's three fifty a pour. They're like, we don't care. Pour it up. So they pour it, look at each other. My bartender's like, you know, I don't know if you're into bourbon, but this is OFC, blah, blah, blah. They're like, well, you know, we don't know what kind of bourbon we're into, but we did recently find out that we're into literally the same woman. So we're out here uh, <laughs> celebrating our misery. Uh, so they <laughs> that, was a, that was a plot twist. Birds wow. of a feather. Right. Didn't see that coming. Okay, then. So they grabbed their glasses, right? $350 a piece. They cheersed and they both poured them into the drain in the bar in front of them. Tipped my bartender $200. Oh my God. And then walked out. Hold up. Hold up. Wow. Okay, hold up. <laughs> so these guys did not know that, that they were seeing the same one. They woman. were seeing the same one? No. They did not know this. They were Eskimo brothers, is what you're telling me. Yes. <laughs> and they realized this there? Uh, they had there realized they... it just prior to walking in. I, I don't know what circumstance led uh -huh. them to this discovery, Woo! but yeah. it was shortly after that revelation that they found their way to the bar. Okay. That's amazing. And just and poured it out. And, and, she, and she clearly ditched both of them or something, right? Well, hopefully. Or they got upset. And they, and, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeeah. Ditched yeah, yeah. her. They, I mean, they you're missing the point of the story, Joe. The men dumped the no, 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 no. I wanted proper. I, I was curious how they got to this point. Is what I'm asking, because that also helps me Joe's understand in this for the human interest. No, because the human interest helps add to the reason why they would dump this. Because you know, I'm thinking, oh, okay, they clink glasses, like, hey, man, life's whatever, and then they both, you know, knock back these drinks. Right. That that's why I was curious. Like, what would get them to pour it out? That's why I asked the question. Yeah, I still, I, I, I mean, I can't fathom that. My mouth hadn't shut yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't fathom. You know, that's a that's a red that that out. <laughs> That, mean, is a, that is an am I the asshole thread waiting to happen. That's <laughs> so much worse than when we trolled the inter interwebs with our happy <laughs> pour into eggnog milkshakes. <laughs> we got to do that again, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we got to do that. Maybe we'll actually use real pappy this time. Which actually wasn't pappy, but it didn't matter. <laughs> Maybe we'll use real matter. pappy this time. It was totally real pappy, Wayne. What are you talking about? I mean, anyway. we, we, we were sipping on the real pappy while yeah, we, we were doing that. That's how we got to that point. Let's be real. Oh, God. Oh, Good man, times. that's... That's a lot of money to just literally pour down the drain, man. Yeah, but put uh, let me put it in perspective for you. So three fifty. They're not spending it on her anymore. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> they, they flushed that thing out right there. We're done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Woo. All right. It. Let's let's go from three hundred fifty dollars to the opposite. You and I had a discussion a couple weeks ago, where we were both rolling our eyes when people. Uh, lead into a conversation with, hey, you want to see my bourbon collection? <laughs> That's like, you want to talk about my fantasy football team? Yeah. I like the opposite of that. Um, there's a podcast I like to listen to called Bourbon Real Talk, and I like to listen to it because 
they talk through a the lens of a real person with with a real budget and and they they'll do shows like top seven bottom shelf bourbons and this is why where do you land there um and and what are your favorite what are your go-tos in in the respect of like more affordable stuff more readily available stuff because we already know you like wild turkey one-on-one you can find that anywhere benchmark benchmark great Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these bottles are getting hunted to extinction, yeah. uh, slowly but surely. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I I love Evan Williams Single Barrel at $35 a bottle, right? It's consistent. It's dope. Um, I love to kind of blind test people on that versus bottles that cost significantly more, sure. only yeah. to have them lose out. Uh, but... You know, that's a bottle that became a Kentucky-only release as mm. of last year. So, uh, I guess I can say it used to be one of my favorites, right, until <laughs> I can find another bottle. Because my rule for having a favorite bourbon is, one, you can find it. Find yeah. It. And, two, you can afford it, right? Sure. So people who tell me Pappy is their favorite bourbon, it's but not your favorite bourbon. It, it, right. If, if they say it's Pappy's their favorite bourbon, uh, they're bought into the hype. They haven't sampled enough bourbons. Yeah. Right. Because right. it's an okay bourbon. It's not even close to some of the best we've we've shared. It's no. the story. It's, it's the, the story. story. That's all it is. And what kind of budget do you have that a two thousand dollar bottle is your, your favorite? favorite? Yeah. Yes. Like either you drink much more slowly than the rest of yeah. us, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you can have access to both yeah. Pappy and a bourbon budget that is absurd. Right. right? Sure. Uh, so no, man. I I love my value stuff. Uh, Bottled and bond stuff in general, I just tend to enjoy, right? Uh, very old Barton is one of my favorites. You can't find it. No, you can't, can't find it anymore. You can't find very yep. old Barton. Um, I like Old Tub. Oh, wow. Jim Beam, the unfiltered bottled and bond is a solid one. Have uh, you tried the Early Times bottled and bond? They just released it. It's delicious. I mean, I've got, I bought a bottle last week, but I've not tried it yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, I mean, in terms of everyday drinkers, I prefer to stay in that range, right? Because yeah. anytime you increase the price you're risking the probability or the probability gets much higher that you're not Mm going to enjoy it you're going to get a lot less value from a hundred dollar bottle that you haven't tried unless you absolutely love it it's going to be a disappointment because chances are you can get three bottles of something Mm -hmm. that you absolutely love for the same price yeah it's funny because uh talking about the crystal decanter uh i got one for christmas a few years ago and lately it has had a bottle of buffalo trace in it because am and i went out of town Last March of ago. 22, and we found quite a few when we were on the road. And uh, and I probably drink more out than I do at home. Um, but I've been able to keep a bottle of Buffalo Trace. It's $29.99 a bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, North Carolina ABC. But you can you did walk in the few quite not long ago and pick yeah, I got one, a got one off ago, the yeah. shelf. Um, and then I found another one I was moving, you know, pushed back there with the uh, with the Pliny's. IPAs. <laughs> yeah, with the Pliny's <laughs> in the fridge. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's not an expensive bottle. But it's really good. But I, I mean, I told you, I said earlier, man, that, that Jack Daniels bonded right now is, I'm really liking that. It's delicious. And you can find it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jack gets a little bit of a bad rep for the old number seven, right, that everybody oh, drank yeah. with Coke. But a lot of the products that they have are fantastic. Yeah. The bonded is delicious. Mm-hmm. I also love their single barrel stuff, uh, their single barrel rye. It's, it's not a super traditional rye, but I really enjoy it as a neat pour. I think we... It, 
Did we got a Jack Daniels? Is it a fifteen back there? We got we've got a. a I'm not sure. We've got a uh, an H statement Jack Daniels back there, but we you know, we got some George Dickel and we've got some of that you know all that traditional Tennessee whiskey stuff. Man, they've come a long way over the last ten years with what they're putting out, and it's affordable. I mean, it's really affordable and it's accessible. So, yeah, I agree. I, it, I like to I like to drink what I can buy right. easily. So, how can we get your stuff? You can get my stuff at a couple of retail locations in Durham okay. and on my website, www.blackbourbonguide.com. Okay. Uh, if you're in Durham, my syrups are for sale at Hope Valley Wine and Beverage over in Southwest Durham. Uh, Luello Wine at Downtown Durham, great wine shop. I've got them at a small shop in Chapel Hill. I'm sorry, not Chapel Hill, just over the border from Chapel Hill in Durham okay. called Casabella Market and in Hillsboro at Hillsboro Wine Company. And when you say online, you'll ship all that stuff. Yes, sir. All right. What What's the goal over this next year, as as far as retail goes? Are you looking to expand? One hundred percent. I like I said, I've only been getting the syrups out for about six months. So at this point, my house is my FDA approved uh, facility. Right. Um, <laughs> you said you can make soup now too. Yeah. A hundred percent. So in order to like do cocktail syrups it's weird you have to be certified in ways that like a lot of people don't trust the fda and i think that they have some legitimate i mean legitimate reasons for not trusting the Mm -hmm. fda at times right but there are a lot of things in the fda that are really meant to keep you safe right so for example somebody just deciding that they want to make shelf stable product on their own and not actually looking into the science behind it which could kill you in a lot of ways that I had to take courses on and get certified in. So, uh, and it all started because of a Campbell's soup botulism scare in the seventies. Wow. So, Oh yeah. Let's, let's talk about, we we haven't touched on some of the other things that you do. Um, I mean, you you go out and you, you mentioned you consult, uh, you you teach people what bourbons, tell us a little bit more about your, uh, about that consulting business and, uh, your events and things that you do. So uh, event-wise, I like to do educational-style whiskey tastings, right? So we'll pick a lineup of whiskeys designed in a number of ways, right? You can either do them comparative across different styles of whiskey or meant to introduce people to different styles of one individual, bourbon, rye, so on and so forth. But educate them on the history of things, right? Uh, Bringing in some of the non-traditional elements that people don't often talk about, a lot of the contributions that are lesser told in the industry the contributions of women of black people but just telling the history of whiskey because it really parallels the american story in ways that few other products do uh and then allowing people to have some fun but the end goal being to educate people more about this because i find that when people talk about whiskey like especially the ones who want to show you pictures of their collection they talk about them like steve corral talked about sex and 40 year old virgin (laughs) you know what i mean you're like so the things that you're saying have you ever actually tried bourbon or do you just like read things and then regurgitate them yeah yeah well adam will tell you and, and i can show you the picture i had an amazing collection but my collection was to share and for me i would never open a new bottle but if somebody came to the house, I'd say, open any bottle you want on the shelf. It doesn't matter to me what it is. Um, and there was always, you know, 20, 30, 40 bottles that were open. Uh, but anybody could open anything at any time. And, uh, you know, I missed that part of it. Uh, but it was the hunt. It was the chase. You know, and, and I was able to secure You it. didn't it, hoard, though. But it, Right. But it was also 
12, 13, 14 years ago when I was collecting those. So I was getting a lot of that at retail or I was trading bourbon for bourbon or beer for bourbon and those type things. Um, But you mentioned uh, women and and, and, and minorities in general in the bourbon field. Um, What's your take on Uncle Nearest? It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. Um, I think it's one of what is probably a number of stories that will probably come up over the years as people begin to dig a little bit deeper into history, right? Because the Whiskey Boys were great at making whiskey, but they weren't necessarily great record keepers. Uh, So, you know, I look forward to the uh, continuation of people uncovering those stories. But I enjoy their product so far. Um, I I love their success as a black-owned company. Um, It's been historical really regardless of race just in yeah, terms absolutely. of how much money which what the great made. the great granddaughter is the master distiller, master distiller right? yeah, yeah. yeah I've it's, got, it's an awesome story. i've got two different bottles at home and then we've got one here so yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's good stuff uh, and i heard about it on a on a podcast and uh immediately went and we we couldn't even get them here in north carolina when i heard the podcast so i ordered it online had them shipped in and yeah i like that stuff yeah. i like yeah. the story it's but it's good also good bourbon yeah they came to visit uh at one point i believe it was last spring they were out in raleigh and i'm i was unfortunately out of conflict i wasn't able to get out there but i, I look forward to be able to being able to get more access to their stuff right yeah. because their facility is not that old at this point right, right. so right. as they are able to ramp up which they have announced that they are certainly doing we in north carolina who are you know always behind the ball on getting the good stuff we'll start to see uh, <laughs> more variety from them which uh, will be a lot lot of fun in addition yeah. to the stuff that they have here that i already enjoy man well, fun Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Great story. Again, that's the other thing to kind of tie it back to the Pappy. What's great about spirits, there's always a story behind this stuff, right? You're talking about hanging out in a kitchen. You're talking about you're hanging out with your dad and differences in drinks. and all. That. That's what I love about all this stuff. There's, there's always some sort of story tied to it. And it's awesome that you're following through and, and making these. And it's all fantastic. We might need to have him over for Pappy Shakes and December. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> let's yes. go. Let's do this. Let's you're, go. Let's, I'll, I'll pick up. I will pick up the eggnog milkshake on the way over here. <laughs> all right. And we'll make this Can happen. Can I give him one more question before we go? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's your favorite North Carolina produced bourbon? Uh God. So uh, there's so many new ones that have yeah, come out, out there. that I have yet to try at this point. Um, I like a couple of the single barrel stuff that I've had from Old Hillsboro, the guys out of Durham. Okay. Um, I like some of the stuff that I've tried from Old Raleigh out in yep. Zebulon. Their stuff is pretty good. Got a cool bottle, too. <laughs> um, they do have a great bottle. Uh, the guys out at Mystic Farm industry. Yeah, they just were, won a national award. They did, yeah. and they were gracious enough to invite me out and uh, let me walk around their property and try a lot of their stuff. And their Broken Barrel, which is the one that I think won the double gold in San right, Francisco, yeah. is absolutely fantastic. So I, I don't know which one is my favorite, but I like what yeah, people some, are putting some out. Good ones right now. Uh, unfortunately, North Carolina is behind the ball. We are, yeah. on Way the rest bitch. of the country because. Yeah. You know, we didn't start granting distillery licenses right. until the 21st yeah. century, yeah. Uh, whereas other states were producing since the 30s. So yeah. I look forward to the future, but I think we're off to a very promising start. Agree. Well, thanks for coming in. Everything was fantastic. Um, and thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring 919 Vice. Um, Breeze Through has locations across the triangle. We're actually going to be doing, do you guys want to do a show from the Breeze Through Beer Cave too? Yeah, we're down. Yeah, because I know Jillio oh, I and I, I wore will be my doing bur- that. I wore my uh, my Ooh, look at you. pair of my bourbon and the, cigar socks today. Those are for the occasion. Those are Jack inspired. I can see. 
Yeah. Inspired, indeed. So, shout out to Breeze Through for sponsoring. And also, thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring 919 Vice. You can check them out online at wh.lawyer. Maybe I can get an employee com- commission contract for Adam to tie it back to the start of the conversation. Yeah. To deputize him as a salesperson. I like that. Right? Yeah. Just add to his plate. Right? All the things that he has to do. Uh, you can check out Whitaker and Hamer online. Again, that's wh. Dot lawyer. What do we got coming next week? I'm working on that right now. I'm waiting to hear back. Okay. But we'll have something. A surprise, if you will. Yeah. Uh, an August surprise. Mm, I don't think it works that, that way. But that what's what it going to be? A, a, a day in the 80s? <laughs> it will be an Maybe. August surprise yeah, right pumpkin, now. It'll be, it'll, only, you know what? Let's just, let's just start drinking pumpkin beers. Should we do our pumpkin beer oh, in August? August. <laughs> let's, just, let's just do drunk. Uh, yeah, let's just get uh, drunk on pumpkin beers next week. Let's make that happen. We'll see you all next week. Good guys, harmless habits. Nailed it.